but doesn't always mean that it's high risk because it's high return. That's part of building a good investment or a good syndication is that protections are built into the whole deal. And that's what a well-run syndication will have. Welcome to Surgeon Syndicate. If you're paying attention, you know that you only make money when you work. It might be great money, but it's dependent on you. The information on this podcast will help you solve that. We interview experts and provide analysis into financial freedom through commercial real estate. Why? To help physicians like you thrive. Let's dive in. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Dr. Michael McManus here on Surgeon Syndicate. Today, we're going to do a little shorter episode, but we're going to talk about is the capital stack. I've had a lot of questions since starting the show about syndications and how they work and what a capital stack is. And the capital stack is really the layers of financing and where the money comes from. And it also determines who has priority to the money coming back out. And so any pro forma or information you receive from a syndicator should have the capital stack fairly well explained. Um, And then we'll talk about what it is in the beginning, and then we'll talk about kind of some different variations you may see. So historically, in the capital stack, the most common terms you're going to see are senior debt, junior debt or mezzanine debt, preferred equity, and common equity. And so what are each one of those? So the senior debt is going to be your primary mortgage. This is often the biggest amount of money that's put into a syndication. And the bank there or the originator of that mortgage is the senior debt. Mezzanine debt, simplest explanation is typically be considered like a construction loan. If it's not a ground up development, it may be uh, money that's borrowed to remodel the building, do upkeep to the grounds, to maybe add new amenities. Typically, this is more like a HELOC. So if you had a house and you had your primary mortgage and you took out a HELOC from a different bank, then if you've got foreclosed on, the senior debt's going to be paid back first. So if the primary mortgage holder took the property, They're going to take what they're owed out of it and then anything that's left over next would go to the mezzanine debt or the HELOC. After all that debt is paid off, then if there's any equity left over in the home, then that can go back to the homeowner who got foreclosed on. Usually by the time somebody gets foreclosed on, it doesn't work out that way. And it's similar here with investors. So that equity again, The preferred equity is typically the limited partner. These are the investors put their money in the deal, are passive investors who just write the check and then collect returns and don't have to do any of the work. Typically, they will get paid before the sponsor, and the sponsor will be the common equity. And I like looking at deals where the sponsor should have some skin in the game. They should have put some money into the deal, but then they also have sweat equity. They're the ones running the deal. They're the ones finding a good deal, financing the deal, running the deal, selling the deal. So they're the ones that are doing all the work and that's their sweat equity. Now, the nice thing about this stack is 
they make most of their money is on the back end after the passive investor has already been paid. And that's that alignment of interest. When you're looking at investment, you want to make sure that for your sponsor to make money, you have to make money as an investor. And that way they're motivated to make sure that you make money. So again, we're going to go back into the capital stack. And here's a roadmap for understanding it. It's called a stack because typically you'll see these terms stacked up. So on top is your common equity, then your preferred equity, the mezzanine debt, and your senior debt on the bottom. So each capital source has seniority over all capital sources stacked above it. So you get paid back from the bottom up. Again, that's senior debt gets paid first, mezzanine debt gets paid second, and the preferred equity or passive investors, and then the common equity, which is typically the sponsor. Each capital source is subordinate to all capital sources located below it. That's basically saying the opposite of number one, that wherever you stand in the capital stack, you get paid after everybody below you, but before the people above you. So out of this, typically only the senior and junior debt. So debt positions are the ones who are able to secure recorded lien against the property or the asset. And what that means is if their debt payments aren't being made, they can force the property into foreclosure and take the property into their ownership to do what they need and try and recoup the money that they put out. So if it's not a debt position, there is not a secured and recorded lien. So then upon sale or refinance, the bottom positions get paid in full first. And so this is a legal distribution of money. So the property sells, check comes in, and out of that check, senior debt gets paid. Once all the senior debt is paid, then the mezzanine debt can be paid. Then the preferred partners or preferred capital will get paid. And then what's left can go to the common capital or the sponsors. I uh, will talk a little bit uh, later on about some of the different ways that this can be organized because it's not always the same. And that's part of what you're looking at if you're looking at investing in a deal. And so again, if we get to the downside or to the extent that there isn't enough money to fully repay everybody and there are losses, the losses will occur from the top down. Again, that's just the opposite way of saying money gets doled out from the bottom up. What this also means is the higher you are in the capital stack, the higher the risk. And the higher the risk is typically the higher the returns. Now, it doesn't always mean that it's high risk because it's high return. That's part of building a good investment or a good syndication is that protections are built into the whole deal. And that's what a well-run syndication will have. So, the sponsor co-investments are typically contributed as equity at the highest position in the stack. And what that means is the sponsor, the people running the deal, their money comes in in the top part of the stack so that they are at the greatest risk of losing that if they don't perform. 
but often they will also have the biggest returns on the back end because everybody gets paid before them. Now, how the stack is set up will also determine how that money gets paid out because it's not just a simple one, two, three as things go. So the debt gets paid first and then any money left over afterwards can then go into the equity positions. And this is where it gets confusing for some people. So when you look at a deal that you're considering investing in, you'll see somewhere there will often be a preferred equity, or it can be called a pref, preferred payment. And what that means is, so as the money comes in, let's say every quarter, because most deals will pay out quarterly. So money comes in every month from rent, that money first goes to pay the senior debt. Because if you don't pay the mortgage, the bank takes the property back. Next goes to the junior debt. Because same thing, if they don't get paid, they can take the property back. Third are the expenses. Now, you may say the expenses get paid first. And in a good operation, there's not a differentiation here because there's enough money to go around. If there were trouble, often these are the people that are going to be negotiated to maybe change the structure of how money that's owed them is paid. That would be the other expenses like utilities, maintenance, employees. They all need to get paid first. Typically, they will get paid first before paying the debt. But in reality, you may see a sponsor in trouble going through and negotiating if they can reduce their debt payments or going to some of their service providers and maybe working out better terms if a deal isn't working out well. But now after all of the debt is paid and all of the expenses are paid, the money that's left over would be considered profit is now what's paid out to your equity partners. And the equity partners, again, are usually your limited partners, which are your passive investors who actually get paid first, and your general partners or the people running the deal. They put some money in, but mostly what they're generating here is sweat equity. So in this capital stack, when that profit is dispensed, what you'll see is a preferred payment. So that pref is typically you'll see things that are about seven or eight percent. What that means is the first profit is paid out to the passive investors first until they have made a seven or eight percent, whatever the pref is, return on their investment. So if they invested a hundred thousand dollars, they will get seven thousand dollar return before any money goes anywhere else. Then typically after that PREF payment, there's a split. Typically that split will be an 80-20 or 70-30 split are some of the more common ones you'll see. And what that means, the next bit of profit will be paid out 80% to the passive investors and then 20% to the sponsors. Now, some are set up that that's straight all the way through, but then often you'll see a next level there where as the passive investors are getting paid to where the goals for their investment, what that was put in the initial presentation is the IRR or your annualized return. Once those goals are being met for the passive investor, 
there will be more money than going to the sponsor. So if you get the initial 7% PREF paid to the limited partners, then the limited partners get 80% of the next round and the sponsor gets 20% until the limited partners reach a 15% return. If that was the projected IRR, maybe it's 18% return. Those are some of the more typical numbers you'll see. Then after that is met, you often see a switch to where it goes to more like a 50-50 or maybe even tilt to a 30% to the limited partners and 70% uh, to the sponsors. And really what that's saying is the passive investors are coming in looking to get that 17% return. So the sponsor's motivation now is to run the deal as such that they pay off the bank, they pay all their bills, and then they pay enough money back to their investors that their investors make their expected return of that 15 to 18%. And then is when they really start getting paid. And above that, now if this just turns out to be an amazing deal that for whatever reason, you know, prices shot up and it gets to be sold for way more than anybody thought in the end, that the limited partners still benefit from that and they still see some gain there, but the sponsors will see even more. And what this does is when you look at aligning interest is you want to see the deal set up that for the sponsor to make money, you got to get paid first. So really their goal is to take care of their investors and pay their investors well. Because what that means, they pay their investors well, the investors are happy, the investors keep coming back. And so they can do more deals. And the better they do for their investors, the better they do for themselves. But they don't get paid before their investors do. Now, one of the things that'll come into this, you'll see some fees built into it. And these could be fees that all come with putting the deal together, financing fees, equity fees, project management fees. And then once everything's running can be additional management fees for renting it out and running and all the day-to-day -day operations. So all of these fees get paid out of expenses. So this actually gets paid as expenses, but not as profit. So this gets paid before the investors get paid. And a lot of investors is one of the things are like, well, wait a minute, I thought they weren't supposed to get paid until I did. And really, I think the way to look at this is that your sponsors have life commitments too. They've got home payments, they've got to buy groceries, kids are going to school, they got all the expenses that we have. And so those fees are really more like their salary. That's what they're getting paid to run the project. And that's their salary. And then their reward or their bonus are those payments that come out of the further up in the capital stack out of their common equity. And so really, sometimes people are like, well, I don't like investing in deals that there's a lot of fees. They feel like somehow the sponsor's kind of siphoning money off. I like to look at it the other way around is I want to invest with sponsors who are really good. And people who do a great job get paid more. And so I want my sponsors to do great. I want them to love what they do and keep doing more of it. Because if I'm investing passively, I need them to be good 
for me to make money and increase my level of safety. And so it's okay if there are fees in there, or maybe their fees are a little higher. If they consistently perform and I make the returns I'm looking for, because when I'm investing passively, I'm typically looking at 15% IRR as a basement. If they can't conservatively underwrite to 15%, usually I'm not going in those as a passive investor. But if they can consistently return 20% or higher, I don't care what their fees are, because I'm getting what I'm looking out of it. And it just means they're doing a great job if they can collect those fees. And if they're making a bunch of money off their common equity position at the end of the deal. So I hope this helps to understand the capital stack and how it plays out for a passive investor versus the active investor or the sponsor. If you have any questions, please reach out. You can put questions on social media. I'll try and get you some answers. There's also lots of great resources out there. We thank you for joining us today on The Surgeon Syndicate. It's been amazing having you here, and I hope this has added some value to your day. This has been an episode of Surgeon Syndicate. If you got value from this episode, you know other surgeons are hungry to become job optional, and you can help them by sharing this content today. I'd also love to serve you better, so I wanted to offer you two things. Number one, I'll be able to give you the content in an even better way if you take a moment and leave an honest written review of the show explaining what you like and what you don't. And number two, if you are a surgeon and serious about this, you don't want to do this on your own because you don't want to make mistakes with your money. I'd be happy to help you. Schedule a call and we can make a plan. Looking forward to having you with me on the next episode.